0: Learn more at marines.com. Want to go pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 111 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? How's everybody work week going? Or went, I guess? We're about to begin. I guess it's Sunday. I'm recording this on Friday, so I always get messed up. I'm in the time warp here. But, uh, yeah, another another wacky week finished. Uh, it, big shout out to Little Mac. I know he likes that one. I know you're listening, by the way. Troll a little better next time. I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. People are like, what are you talking about? I'll talk about that in a bit. But, um, yeah, guys. Uh, today's episode, uh, what can we talk about? Well... Um, few Characters to talk about, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Pierre Maguire, uh, some kind of some interesting um line combinations, um, that were in training camp. It was an interesting thread that I came across on Facebook, uh, in the Enforcer group. Some guys were talking about just some um some lines that were in training camp, some different combinations, and it was uh, you know, they're they're a long time ago, but you forget guys were with certain teams, and uh, it was just interesting to read. Um, I'll throw those out. Um, again, going back to the group, um, there was a con, there was a discussion about, uh, Marasty versus Domi. which is an interesting matchup and, uh, talk about that. And, uh, yeah, just a bunch of things. We'll see what, you know, how it goes around here. We'll just kind of ramble on, take the, take the, uh, take the uh, walk with me here and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yes, at the top of the show, uh, I am a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Over fifty shows in the network, all the NHL teams are represented. So, whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And of course, right now with uh, the you know obviously with the playoffs and everything that's going on, um, you know those guys are are hard at it, and uh, I'm sure they're firing out content uh, uh, quickly and rapidly as the series go on. Um, so. Definitely check that out, um, as well as uh, for my off-network friends. Of course, you got Jolt and Joe Lazito. Give her the Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, I just uh, my my my, uh, my package. My package. I don't know if I want to talk about Joe and my package, but uh, all right. Two minutes in, we're already off to a hot start. <laughs> The package that I bailed Joe finally arrived in Long Island. And uh, angry angry little Lazito has a new home, along with some uh, Rough Rider gear. But like I told Joe, that is uh, certainly uh, uh, just kind of probably a fraction of what I owe you. Um, rest of the stuff uh, is packed away. And, uh, you know, my bad for not getting that stuff out sooner. Um, but it'll definitely get there uh, once we get moved, if we ever get moved ah guys had a few few walkthroughs and that you know and you always get the oh you know the place looks nice it shows well but you know blah 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 there's always a but so yeah hopefully this weekend we can get some action on it uh you know like i said it's only been a week but you know and these are this is a process of course but yeah uh, you just kind of you're anxious right you kind of want to get the sale over with um, for anybody new tuning in, it's like, what, you know, no, I'm so sell- we're selling our condo here and we're moving to a house, but, uh, the, you know, the kid, you know, buying the house is on condition of selling the condos. So, uh, we're sort of in limbo right now. And, uh, yeah, just sort of, uh, yeah, the anxiety, you know, well, and then the thing that kind of sucks, is I said, every morning when you leave, everything's got to be cleaned up, right? In case there's a showing. So, um, Not that it was a pigsty before, but I mean, you know, you'd leave stuff on the table or like in the back room here, I'd have my hockey cards stacked up here and there and my DVDs left out or, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Try to, you put everything away. So everything's always packed away all the time. The place looks very neat and tidy, but uh, at the same time, you know, you're putting dishes away and and everything right away because you you leave them in a drying rack or whatever. But yeah, so it's it's been a different, um, you know, constantly sweeping up and vacuuming. Um, I don't think I've ever ran a vacuum so much in my life consecutive days before. Because, of course, now you leave the, you know, the windows open or whatever during the day. And, of course, the seeds and the pollen and everything blow in. And the hardwood feels like there's sticky shit on it. So, oh, great, Because it was, it was blowing like a motherfucker around here the other day. So, yeah, sweeping up and, yeah, little the first world problems. But, yeah, it's just, uh... Yeah, it uh, you just just kind of want it to sell and get on with life, right? Get get into the big house and and uh, you know spread my shit out and have all my stuff out, but uh, that'll happen. But it's just uh, you know it might take a little longer than you know because in your mind you always say, oh no, we'll you know we'll get this out the door and we'll sell right away and we'll move and yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, the reality is that um, the condo market here is a little little slow, so. Uh, but it only takes one, right? So certainly not uh, giving up or anything, but, uh, yeah, slow and steady. But, uh, like I said, the anxiety is a little much at times, but, uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, friggin' Lizito. Yeah. No, uh, so Joe's, Joe's stuff, your, your stuff, the rest of it will, uh, when we, when we move, it'll be, be on its way, but I'm glad it made it out there. So again, if you see a, a bald man in a, uh, uh, a Tchaikovsky jersey Wandering around Long Island and Talking to a little plastic figure That's Joe's top Say hi Tell him you love the show Um <laughs> Also Dad, Paul, and Kelly Over at the Obey the Puck show And Fred and Dave At the Slewfoot show A couple current hockey shows What do I always say, Ryan? I listen to them So I don't have to watch I tell you guys uh I, I really think Hockey Twitter is uh like it's always stupid, but the the stupid is just amped up during the playoffs. Like it is so embarrassing on there. I was saying to Alec today. Actually, it was today. Yeah, we were going back and forth, just private messages, bullshitting. But I said it's weird. Uh, a lot of the people it seems that I normally converse with and stuff on on Twitter, our little whatever you want to call it, sort of fight community on Twitter, has, has really gone silent um during the playoffs and i and i you know and i because i said oh you put videos up or pictures and just don't really get any reaction anymore you get a couple retweets a couple likes but um you know not to say that they got thousands before but i mean yeah you would put up a picture you'd get 50 60 likes a couple retweets maybe some comments oh shit now you put up a picture it's 10 people maybe and you know and it's just like people just aren't around and I and I really hope it'll it, be interesting if they come back to the app at all. Really, like I know I have a, a, a had a number of followers that just like you know John Josh Maser, a lot of guys were just like you know what fuck I'm out of here. Like they just don't want to deal with the bullshit on on Twitter anymore. Um, and if it's and if it's not stupid hockey Twitter morons crying about every hit or he's mean or whatever. Oh, we got to cancel this guy or cancel that guy. That, that this topic is going somewhere. Um, or, you know, or else it's a political horse shit, or it's people crying about masks or not wearing masks or vaccines or anti-vax and blah, blah, blah. Like it's always some bullshit on there. So, I mean, you know, and Alec and I, we were saying, and, it, and it's probably true, if it wasn't for this podcast, I'd have no reason to be on Twitter because Twitter is just an advertising vehicle, Right. Like, yeah, I like to, on at work, to kill time, maybe I'll fucking bark at a few trolls and whatever. Um, you know, but when I get... But if I didn't have to uh, use it to promote my show, yeah, I wouldn't. Why would I be on Twitter? Like, it really, when you think about it, Twitter, for the most part, isn't really fun anymore. And it's just a bunch of dorks, all crying about the refs, or uh, we really cost us the game, oh, yeah, you, oh, okay, you know, and it's just, you're a bunch of fucking geeks, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, and it's, I don't know when every hit's replayed in slow motion, see, see, he could have held up, he didn't need to do that, oh, yeah, he didn't need to, and on and on, and it's like, I don't know what these videos, like, they play these videos and it's like, does your phone have a different angle than everyone else's? Because the video you're showing and what you're saying doesn't equal up to what's happening on my screen. Like Bozo the other day there, when he was talking to Janssen about the Scott Stevens hitting Lindros, because Cam and Strick Show, um, they did a they asked Lindros about the hit and they asked Stevens about the hit and it was about a minute and a half and they just, they showed the little sound, they the they had the little sound bites of each guy talking about the hit and and as they were talking about the hit, of course, they were showing it and um, of course, everybody's obviously Scott Stevens hitting Lindros and this goof is sitting there going on and on about what a dirty player Stevens is and he jumped into it and he threw his elbow at his head and everything else. It's like, no, he didn't. No, he hit him in the head. But I said, if you go back and watch that famous hit, when Lindros is cutting through the middle, he's standing straight up. Problem is, is he he ducks to try to poke the puck. He was trying to get it between two people to get it over to whoever. Lindros is talking about this. So he's ducked down. He ducks down at the last minute before Stevens comes up to hit him. Steps up and hits him. Like, Stevens is already committed to the hit. If Everybody's wondering, like, go back and as you're... As you're listening to this on the phone or whatever device you're listening to this, just type <coughs> type in Stevens and Lindros and you'll see what I'm talking about. Right before contact, Lindros is bent over. So now his head's even lower. So, yeah, okay, Stevens hits him in his head. But if Lindros hadn't bent over, that's shoulder into the logo. But since he's bent over, yeah, it's right into the head. Well, when he extends his elbow up and everything, no, he doesn't. You know, no, he doesn't. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what video you're watching, but whatever. Okay, guy. Well, okay. Oh, sure. Thank Bud. You know, you fucking clown. Like I, I've always like I was saying this to the other episode. It, it amazes me. Like when I was talking about the Probert fan group there on Facebook, how grown adults can just wear these rose colored glasses that with blinders on and just can't see, or they just Manipulate everything into so their favoriteist looks good, or you know, it's just it's pathetic. Like it's it's right there. Why why do you need to lie about? While well, although you know that that's the way of the world nowadays. I mean, even with truth, video evidence, and and everything right in front of you, you can they'll still say it didn't happen, or you know, whatever. That's that's in everything nowadays. You know you know, they're just visitors. They're just guests tourists, really anyway. But, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, whatever, but it, it's just, it's amazing. It's so head shaking. So I guess I can understand why people don't want to be on, uh, on Twitter anymore or, or, you know, social media in general, but here we are listening to this and, uh, no, what I was saying before about, uh, with the cancel culture, of course, old, now old, old, uh, Ronnie McLean had to apologize and, and everything else and, and, oh, oh, the cancel culture. Like I said to the one lady there, it's, it must be exhausting to be getting, to get worked to, okay, take two. Let's try this again. I said it must be exhausting to be outraged by everything, you know. Oh, you're more concerned about it than I am, sweetie. Uh, no, I'm not, because you've tweeted like six times at Ron McLean, like you fucking loser, like get a life. And I laugh that all these people are so upset that he said tarps off and this and that. And you go and read, they don't even know what they're talking about. Oh, he's talking about drug use. Oh, no, he was talking about HIV. He was talking about no condoms. That's what tarps off me. Like you get so worked up, you don't even know what the you don't even know what you're getting worked up about. It's fucking embarrassing. Ugh. Oh, and of course, but then McLean and CBC, though they have to do an apology. I'm like, why apologize? Why? For who? These fucking woke nerds that just, you know, for what? What are you apologizing for? Now, on the flip side of that coin, of course, all these guys who go on and on how much they hate cancel culture and everything else. Oh, loved it that McLean was, was now the victim. Oh, cause, oh, turncoat McLean and all this. And now he knows how it feels. Fuck him and everything else. Well, I get what your sentiment is. And I understand that because whatever your stance is on McLean and Cherry, I mean, I think there's more to the story than what is being, than what, than what people think. But it's certainly the optics do not look good for McLean. You know, obviously the general feeling is amongst you know, who at least the people I talk with and my group or whatever um, is that McLean backstabbed Cherry or didn't really have his back when all the CBC shit went down and everything else. Now, McLean has made his statement about that. Cherry has said it. I mean, some of these guys are more upset about it than Cherry is. I'm like, I don't know. Like, okay. But regardless, um, it didn't look good for McLean. You know, he kind of, and then, and lately, it's like you hear some of his stuff. He's like, he's just a sniveling little, he's trying way too hard to be woke and, you know, I don't see color and I don't see sex. I just see a co-worker. Uh, okay, Ron. You know, it's just shit like that. It's just like, oh God, you know, but anyway, the point is you can be all excited. Oh yeah, fuck McLean and everything else. All right. But at the same time, you're just being a giant hypocrite right now. Regardless of how you feel about Ron McLean, what's happening to him is everything that you constantly bitch about. All the time. About woke and cancel culture and everything else. Well, that's exactly what... Over, over nothing. It's exactly what's happening to McLean right now. I mean, it's over now. He'll be fine. You know, whatever. He's on CBC. No one's firing anybody. But in that moment, everybody thought, Oh, wow. Like, I see people... Yeah, well, Ron's done... Oh, oh yeah, he is, is he? Like, for what? Because a bunch of nerds on Twitter got mad about. Like like I said, they don't even know what they're mad about. You know? Oh, look at Jennifer Botterill. Look at her face. And, like, oh, yeah, well, that's the same face she was making when said was talking about Tom Wilson. Like, Botterill seems like a bit of a pain in the ass, too. Like, she rambles on about a bunch of fucking nothing. You know? And, oh, look at her face. And, oh, she's offended. Oh, why did she say she was offended? Oh, but you just you get that out of a meme that she's offended. Oh yeah, you know. I think if you don't agree with Jennifer Bonnerell, she's offended. That's the type she looks like. But anyway, regardless, it's like no, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. You know, if you want to see McLean go down for that, you're you're no better than than the than the same people that were that are bitching for his head. See so now all you're doing you're you're just playing the stupid woke the stupid woke game as well. Like I like I was saying to the one guy it's like you know that's that's just being a hypocrite. I'm sitting here trying to record this episode. My wife keeps texting me. Oh, that was the other thing, my <clears throat> my SUV had to go in to get work done too. Yeah, perfect timing. That's only $1,000 worth of work. Oh well. You guys got to start listening to this show more. I I need to get the downloads up. I got to pay for my car bill now. Um <laughs> No, so I'm sorry, I'm sort of getting distracted here while I'm reading this. But yeah, no, I mean, so being happy that McLean is getting rung up the flagpole over this horse shit makes you no better than the the woke crowd that's doing it. You know, you're just a part of that crowd now. Just because it's somebody you don't like. Well, and I get not liking him. That's not my point. My point is, is what's happening to him is everything that you rally against all the time. And bitch and 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 bitch and get mad about. Well, now you're just being a part of it. So, anyway, but McLean ain't going anywhere. So whatever. But uh But in in the process of that whole thing, I had a couple. I had a troll come after me, old little Mac there. And I know you're listening to this right now. You know. Uh, it, it's amazing to me, this younger generation. Um, what, what they think is like some big, sweet burn or whatever you want to call it. Like his first response to me was like about my logo. Well, is that from windows 94? Is that clip art? Okay. Yeah, probably. You know, I didn't make the logo, so I, 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 don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to ask Kevin, but, um, I can tell you not a lot of thought got put into it, but if, if that's your big sweet knock on me is somehow my logo. And then his next one is he's and he and then he, he must've obviously went and listened to one of my episodes. Cause he, he started talking about, um, what did I say in in the episode, wacky Wednesday or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, hey, Wacky Wednesday, right, Darren? And it's like, oh, so you did listen to one of my episodes. Well, see, there you go, dumb shit. You just got me paid because you downloaded one of my episodes. So DraftKings, thanks you. Like, idiot. Like, that's this is how you're trolling me is by making me money? So that's what I said on Twitter the other day. If if anybody uh, feels outraged about my show, could you download a few episodes, listen to them, and then get back to me on how much my show sucks? Obviously, pointing at you, Little Mac. Like, I, I, like again, and I can just tell by looking at you. And then his, then his big one is, oh, your fist and your logo is a right hand, but yet it says Southpaw on your thing. Like, you don't understand. And like somebody else said, well, Southpaw is sort of a stance, and, you know, when you're in a fight, you can kind of throw both hands. You know? And I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. I can guarantee Little Mac's never been in a fight in his life and doesn't understand that. So... Like, you're just a little douchebag. And like, the thing is, I'm talking about you right now. It's like, oh, I got your attention and everything else. Yeah, you're the idiot in the back of the class waving your hand and jumping around. Okay. Yeah. You got my attention. What do you want? Like, that's the thing. You troll me. You don't follow my account. I have, I never responded to anything you tweeted. You don't follow anybody that I've, that I'm following. So who, are, who are you? Who are you? Like, What do you want? And if you think you're knocking my logo or making fun of my show is somehow going to keep me up at night and make me cry. No, I can just block you and move on. Like somebody said, Oh, why do you block people and everything and all that? It's, I said, it was the same reason why I flush. Why do you need that shit in your life? Like you're just a little goof and I can guarantee you, and this isn't like keyboard tough guy thing or anything like this. I could tell you if we were face to face, you wouldn't say anything that you're saying. I know that you wouldn't. So you're pathetic. But the thing is, is you're 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 so pathetic in your in your childish comments and and your pathetic little put downs. I'm a 45 year old man. Do you think knocking my logo on Twitter is gonna hurt my feelings? See, that would hurt your feelings though, and your little your little Gen Z group. Oh, they knocked my little World of Warcraft uh, character or something. That would be a big insult to you. I'm a 45-year-old man. You're not insulting me by by saying my, my Twitter profile logo is cheesy or chintzy looking or clip art. Clip art is the word you used. Uh, okay. Sweet burn, bro. You got me. Oh, I should change it immediately. Little Mac is knocking me. See the pathetic thing is is I know you're listening to this right now. After all of how much of a loser I whatever and everything else, I know you're listening to this show. So thank you once again for making me money. You dunce. Oh, these trolls are funny. You know? So every time he tweet me, I would I would quote tweet him so everybody could see what he was saying and he kept going on, oh, Well, why are you doing that? Why are you looking for attention? Who's the one looking for attention? So the best part to prove my point was, I sent him a private message. I said, what do you want to say to me so bad? So of course he didn't reply to it. He, but he says out on Twitter again, why are you, why are you sending me private messages, you creep? And I said, well, no, you kept saying I'm looking for attention by when I talk to you. So I sent you a private message so nobody could see and we'll just talk this way. But here you are back out on Twitter replying to me. Proving my point of who wants the attention. It wasn't me. But you managed to kill a, a Wednesday, uh, the end of the day work day for me on Wednesday. So I appreciate that. I, I had a laugh for the last half an hour of work watching you pathetically troll and thinking you're somehow throwing sweet burns at me the whole time. Making me laugh and getting me paid. So thank you. Bravo on the on the classic trolling, little Mac, you little goof. Yeah, so you and your little band of idiots. You had a couple other goofs, these little eighteen-year-old soccer dorks. Yeah, you're shite, man. Oh, okay, you know you got me. So it's not hard; just block and move on. But it's fun to play. It's it's like the cat with the with the mouse. It's fun to play with for a little while, and then okay, I'm done now. Now I'll just eat you. <clears throat> But anyway, so anybody that's not on Twitter has no idea what I'm talking about. But don't worry, you didn't miss anything. Just trolls being trolls. They can't even troll well. They don't even do that well. Ah, oh, Pierre Maguire. That was another one not being relevant. Um, again, I can understand everybody's hatred or dislike of Pierre Maguire. All right. I will be like I don't like I said I don't really watch hockey or I don't really wa- I don't watch hockey uh sporadically unless I'm at someone's house or it happens to be on somewhere it's not on in my house we'll put it that way it hasn't been for years but um obviously I've heard Pierre Maguire before when he especially when he used to do the world juniors because the world junior stuff I will watch um I don't know to be completely honest I re- like unless he's com- completely sideways lately but I have to be completely honest I Pierre Maguire doesn't bother me all that much. Not really. I mean, I get it. I get why people don't, but it's like, eh. I mean, after years of listening to fight DVDs and uh, fucking Derek Sanderson and Sam Rosen and this idiot Edwards or whatever, pff, I don't know, is Pierre Maguire that bad? Not. I don't know. Like, not really, but whatever. But I laugh at these people that, that somehow think he's some clueless putz. And I had some lady on there like, oh, Pierre Maguire hasn't, is, has never been re- relevant. Oh, yeah? I, mean, I, I said, you know, but meanwhile, you're retweeting, like, Stevie Dangle stuff, and he's somehow relevant? Really? Like, you can say what you want about Pierre Maguire. He's won a Stanley Cup. He was an assistant coach of the Penguins and won a Stanley Cup. Oh, well, he, yeah, you ever talked to the guys in Hartford, and he was an idiot and whatever, and it's like, well, that's some players' opinions that he was. As a GM, and he was a lousy GM. There's been lots of lousy GMs. It doesn't make him irrelevant, you know. He played college hockey. He played pro in Europe. So obviously, he was an elite level player. He went, he tried out for the New Jersey Devils. They don't just offer those to anyone. So he's not some Stevie Dangle putts that can't skate. So I don't know what you're trying to compare Dangle and Pierre McGuire. Like, are you serious? Like, no, one ass actually has actual playing ability and NHL level knowledge of the business. Now, you could debate the results or whatever, but he. I said, well, you want to Stanley Cup the Penguins? Oh, yeah, but he was just an assistant coach. Oh, okay. So just every coaching staff outside of the head coach are just a bunch of clowns that are irrelevant and don't matter? Oh, I didn't say that. Well, no, you just did. Oh, no, it's, oh, Pierre McGuire is. Oh, because you don't like him. So he's he was irrelevant with the Penguins. Oh, okay, so you know, see what I'm saying? No, it's a coaching staff as a collective is a unit, just like the players are a unit. The coaching staff is a unit. The head coach leans on the assistant coach for quite a few things. So don't act like oh he was just a some hanger on that didn't do anything. He did. Assistant coaches do. Like I said, when you say shit like that, like I said, you're knocking every other assistant coach and coaching staff around hockey. Oh, no, I'm not. Well, yeah, you are. So, like, just stop. Like, just say you don't like Pierre Maguire and I, I find him annoying or I find, you know, again, that's fine. Okay. But don't just, oh, he's irrelevant and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, well, he clearly does. All right. So just. Here I am defending Pierre Maguire and Ron McLean on one show. Jesus Christ, you people. You know? But seriously, this is how the stupid shit, you know? Oh, meanwhile, you're like I said, you, but you'll listen here we are, this oh what a segue, I didn't even mean to. But yeah, we'll we'll go into Stevie Dangle or I don't know, uh Puck now nah, who's the guy? Buchagross or whatever, and all these guys. What level did they ever play at? What what teams did they coach? What you know? What pro leagues did they play in? But but somehow they're they're deemed more appropriate and relevant than Don Cherry and and Pierre Maguire and Brian Burke. Like what are we doing? Because you don't like someone doesn't mean that their information is wrong. You know, like it's just so ridiculous. Like again, I get not liking these people. That's fine. But it's like, I swear, it's just, knowledge, like, for knowledge and it doesn't matter anymore. It's just whoever can put on the best clown show and the most flashing lights and, oh, oh, oh look, you know, it, oh, they're, they're awesome, though. Like, if you paint your face and go in your basement and make YouTube videos and yell and scream and jump around like a seven-year-old, you you know, that's you're funny and informative and I just enjoy it so much. Well, that's fine, but don't put them on a level of someone that was actually in the business or performed, uh, as at that level as an athlete, that's insulting to athletes and to the people in the hockey business is comparing them with some, some goof, some fan. Uh, hey, I'm including me and in I like, believe me, I'm not saying me, I don't have any credibility either. But at the same time, I'm not telling professional athletes and teams what to do. So you know i'm I'm well aware of where my where I am in the ecosystem of all this and where I am on the totem pole. I both believe me, I know. I wish like I said, I wish others would know. but the problem is is some of these goofs get propped up and it's and I not that just because I don't like them, I don't understand why. they're entertaining. But, I mean, I don't understand. Like, I mean, if you're driving by and there's a car accident, yeah, you look. Or if there's two dogs fucking on the side of the road, you'll drive by and they kind of point and look. Okay. But, I mean, do you want to see that every day? No. So, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I'm not sure. Like I always say with the hurricanes thing and the surge. That's fucking embarrassing, but then everybody else. Oh, it's fun. No, I okay. But again, as a forty-five-year-old man, to me standing there and holding hands or ah, clapping after at a professional sporting event and singing songs, I, I, why? I like I, that, I don't need that to be entertaining. I don't need that to be entertained. Like I could go watch three periods of a hockey game and then walk out after. Win, lose, or draw. I, I don't need to watch a game of Duck, Duck, Goose played by grown men and just sit there and, it's fun! No, it's embarrassing. Like, hey, if we're at a Wiggles concert with my niece, okay, but at a professional hockey game, I have to see this? Like, I, I don't I don't understand, like, why, why? Why is everything a clown show now? Someone explain that to me. Why, like, I I don't know, in terms of athletes, why does everybody have to act like a douchebag now? A look-at-me clown. Like, oh, spotlight, everyone watch me. Why? Constantly. And I don't know, I'm going to put on my psychologist hat. Like, I don't know if it's, because nowadays this whole generation of new athlete coming up has always had a camera on them. Whether with the phones and everything else. Like you can't, everything is recorded now from a peewee at bat or a a goal. We'll keep it in hockey. Keep it, you know, an eight-year-old in Timbits scoring his first goals on video all the way up to the NHL. and You know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's, Everyone's on film and pictures of everything. So I don't know, is it a constant performance? People feel that these athletes feel the need to be constantly performing and look at me. Like, Little Mac there, that that generation, pay attention to me. Like, is it just a, a pay attention to me, you know? Why does everything ha- why do you have to, why does everyone have to act like a goof all the time? Like, I don't know, like, when, through football or baseball or hockey, whatever, when you're getting ready for the game, it was like, come on, boys, let's go, all right, yeah, 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 and then you, you ran out in the field, or you went out in the ice, Oh, now you, everybody's, all oh, the cameras over there, we gotta do our little high five and our bro hugs and jump up and down and do this and that, we gotta do this and, we, oh, we gotta play, you, you act like little kids. Oh, it's a fun, it's a game though, bro, you gotta have fun. No, I get it, but your professional athlete's getting paid millions of dollars. I don't know, like, do you need, what? what's with the clown show shit all the time? I I don't understand it. Like I said, I guess I just come from a different generation, a different mindset. Hey, and it wasn't like I was captain serious all the time. I had lots of fun playing all the sports I played. But at the same time, when it came time to play the game and zone in, it was like, it was time to be serious. And, you know... If I hit a double, I didn't have to stand on second base and sky point and do the craw and point to the dugout and do, oh, I'm eating or some, what? I said, watch anything in baseball now. I was, we watch the Jays while we're eating supper every night. After every hit, whether they're at second base or they hit a home run, whatever, oh, everyone's got a sky point and you got to do this horse shit and that horse shit. I got to point to the dugout and I do some stupid dance and why? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know where this bit is going. I'm just rambling here. But I. I guess, like I said, I'm just a different generation, and and just this this next generation is just this look at me goof show constantly, and I don't get it. And then if they don't act like that, then all of a sudden it's they're no fun, and the game they don't know how to sell the game. See, I guess that's the thing I don't understand. But I guess yeah, you have to act like a circus clown. To get this next generation to pay attention. And speaking of circus clowns. Of course they're going back onto... What is it it ESPN or NBC? What channels is goof on? Maybe I should have looked into this. But this Stephen A. Smith guy. This guy's the biggest fucking donkey's ass. Him and Skip Bayless are the two biggest losers. How these guys have shows is beyond me. Who would want this goof around? Again, what sport did this geek ever play? And he's even admitted, he doesn't know anything about about that hockey. Get that hockey. We're going to play that hockey. What are you doing? So he cuts this little one-minute promo about McDavid and Dreisaitl. I guarantee he's never laid eyes on these two motherfuckers in his life. And and I got a bunch of people saying how great this is going to be for hockey and how it's going to grow the game. Explain to me how how having this big-mouth, ignorant goof who knows nothing about your product is going to grow your game. Now, he might get... See, this is the problem. He might get the initial clicks. He'll get his little goofy... I'm sure he's got fans, obviously. That they'll... Oh, what's what's Steven talking about? And they'll flip over. Well, they'll watch two and a half minutes of this pond hockey happy horse shit with nothing going on. They're not going to watch. How how are you going to grow this bullshit? Now, this isn't me just being bitter and, oh, you just don't even like hockey. Or you're out of touch and stuff. No, seriously... Tell me how a regular season game between Carolina and, I don't know, Arizona is going to attract a new viewer. I'll wait. No, seriously. How is that going to attract a new viewer? Nobody hits anybody. It'll be about 3-2, 4-2. There won't be any fights. No one will get mad about anything. There will no, there'll be no tension. I mean, hell, Montreal's playing Toronto, and it's a goddamn love fest in the playoffs. Oh, everybody, old oh, playoff hockey's so great. What's happened in the playoffs? What's what's been going on? I mean, Tampa and Florida were mean for one game, and then after that, I mean, they've cut the balls off that series. I mean, what what is so highly entertaining about all these games? Like I was over at the parents' house. Uh, the the game Winnipeg came back. They were down four one. Oh, it was the most exciting game of the playoffs, and this is why people tune in. Why? Because they scored three goals in eight minutes. All it was was fucking a bunch of power play, sloppy goaltending, and, bu- and, and a bunch of goals. That's if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, is exciting, I guess. But as a completely neutral observer, what, what was entertaining about that? Poorly played, shitty goaltending, sloppy hockey. Nobody hitting anybody, nobody mad about anything. I, I don't because there's there's some goals and the game was close. that's exciting. Well, if you're a fan of the team that make the comeback, I suppose it's exciting, but for someone just tuning in, they don't give a shit about that. What's exciting about that? It's the drama and the tension that's exciting. That's what draws again, it's emotion is what sells your game. Tell me what's emotional about an NHL hockey game. Never mind the playoffs, but when ESPN starts playing the games next year again. In the regular season, what drama is happening in an NHL game? Nothing. Unless you're a fan of either of those teams and you live and die by your Bruins or your Flyers or whatever. If you're just tuning in and you're not really, you're just, You know, whatever. Let's check out this new sport. So you're you're indifferent to it all. You just turn it on. What is exciting about an NHL game in a regular season? I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just asking a simple question. Nothing. They don't do anything. No one's mad at everybody, at anybody. Yo, it's fast. Okay, but it's a bunch of... It's like pong. They go back and forth really fast. Nobody hits anybody. They blow the whistle every once in a while for a penalty. And that's it then they score a couple goals in the power play and oh it's three one and yay oh that was exciting so you somehow think Stephen A Smith's gonna grow your game and then having this bozo yell about shit that he doesn't know about is gonna grow your game what? so if you want to te- so you figure if you want to teach newer new list new viewers about a sport, oh I have the perfect person to teach them someone who's never watched a fucking hockey game either. And then you sitting there and telling me it's going to be good for the game. Oh, okay. But oh, but I guess the Stephen A. Smith clown show, him yelling—if he yells loud enough—that'll get people to watch. Like I said, I agree with you. He'll initially get, like I said, he'll get people to initially tune in. Maybe watching a period of that goddamn recreation rec, rec level intensity, they'll they'll be changing the channel. Oh, Christ, The Seinfeld on? We've got to watch that. Another episode rerun of Seinfeld. He's not going to grow. Stephen A. Smith's not going to grow the game. You get a knowledgeable person about the game that's colorful. Then maybe a Romanek or something. That might work. Someone colorful that, that you know, could talk and, and entertain people. And, hey, maybe Bissonette. Maybe they should have hired Paul Bissonette. There you go, because he's got lots of Twitter followers. He'd actually be the perfect person to get on there. You know, because he also knows what he's talking about. You know? Hey, maybe Sean Avery. Why not get him on there? Oh, but then that would hurt the woke feeling fans' feelings. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Why would you not get someone that's colorful, that played, or has hockey knowledge? That why is getting this goof? Like who's gonna do color? Skip Bayless? You know, so he can make one of his other famous predictions. If if he had the right people around him, I think Connor McDavid would score 105 goals. Okay, thanks, Skip. You know, that fucking moron. No, they're not going to sell anything, Jesus. What else do I got written down here? Oh, Marasty and Domi. Um, yeah, it was an interesting... Um, Somebody had talked about who would win Marassi Domi. And of course everybody, oh, Domi, Domi, Domi. That's fine. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you about that. But my disagreement came with the one guy who said, oh, Domi, it wouldn't even be close. Mm, okay. And I will say, and I've said this on this show before, and I've said this a number of times in my life, with anything in life. Um, <clears throat> one of my, probably my one of my top pet peeves in life is needless exaggeration. So yeah, so needless to say I don't I don't do well on message boards and and stuff like that. But um so I I called him on it. I'm like I I'm not sure what you mean by it. It wouldn't be close. Oh well, Domi was in the NHL and did this and that. Uh see again, so we're going to go back to the um the 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 NHL thing. It's like it's like the argument I had w- with John Scott. Like, oh if if the, if it somehow didn't happen in the NHL, it's like it didn't happen or it doesn't count as much or you know what I mean? Like, and I've always said, like, even with today's fighters and stuff and all that, and, oh, who's the toughest guy in hockey? Just throw that question on a message board. Just ask, who's the toughest guy in hockey? Your replies will be, like, Reeves or Chara. I, I, I'll i still never understand the Chara thing, but whatever. Reeves and Chara, Ross Johnson or Tom Wilson or what, You'll get that answer, right? And it's like, but no one will ever say, like, Brett Gallant. Because he's not in the NHL. But that it, that's not because it, it lack of toughness. Like that's what I said in the minors in the '80s and '90s and what have you. Mel Engelstad, Frank Bielowis, Rocky Thompson, Trevor Gillies. I mean, he played you know what sixty games in the NHL, but nineteen years in the in the minors. I'd put Trevor Gillies now against anybody in the NHL, and Muraski could be putting in that. Just because you're in the minors doesn't be, you're not in the minors because they weren't tough enough. No, it's for other reasons, either skating or most likely just you know you have that label put on you minor leaguer, and they're just in a spot where they're either behind someone or you know they're caught, just didn't work out and they just don't get a shot. But it has nothing to do with their toughness. But anyway, to go through with with Domi, I said Domi was a was 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 a great enforcer in that sense. Like, Sadin and Salani, and them never got messed with when he was around. And Ty was a good enough skater where he could do, obviously could hit and, you know, and could play well enough. Because how, shit, how many games did he play? I mean, Domi had to have played a thousand games, I would assume, if not close to it. But, in, and then fighting ability, yeah, he fought everyone. But like I said, like I said to, 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 the, uh, to the guy, like I said to the guy, I mean, yeah, Domi fought everybody and everything else. But I'm going to say that, it, it, I don't mean it to sound like this, but who did Ty Domi ever beat up? Really. I mean, the typical Domi fight is, you know, take a bunch of punches, spin, throw looping punches, and it's over. You know what I mean? Like, just think about every Domi fight you've seen. And again, he fought everybody. I'm not knocking. This isn't a knock on Tai Domi. I'm just, and at at his size and everything else. But it's like, who's his big knockout wins or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just just trying to think. Um, Like, I'm scrolling his card here um, Ogic maybe. And it was more of a TK. Like, I don't remember, like in terms of actually dropping anyone. Like, nah, Alan May, maybe. Um, Steve, he caught Steve Smith. That was one. And I think that's when Smith broke his leg. I don't know if I'd classify Steve Smith as a huge hit. Again, gritty D guy that would fight, but I don't know. I don't think anybody's putting Steve Smith in the heavyweight fighting category. Um, Zmolik, I'm just reading. Uh, Cam Russell, again, I love Cam Russell. Game is shit. I wouldn't really call him an elite heavyweight. Not mocking him, I'm just saying. That's, he he wasn't. But he would fight everybody. Um, comment, I don't know if I'd call that a KO, TKO Manson. I don't know. It, it's just, you know what I mean? You Oliwa, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're just, as I, as I scroll through, I just, I can't, um, And again, I might be up my ass, but it's just I I just don't see Domi literally dominating like like top heavyweight fighters to get this. Oh, he was top five all time. Uh, Really? Like um, I don't know about that. Like I'm like you got you know whatever you got Probert Brown who Brown who pummeled Domi every time they fought, but Brown uh, Ben Wilson like Larocque Brashear. Twist, I mean, whoever you have in your like, is, or is don't Koser, Grimson, McKenzie, uh, Barubi, who whipped Domi around every time they fought, um, Larry Playfair, guys like that, McGratton, like, is Domi better than any of those guys? I don't think so. So, I'm like, so the argument that, well, you can't put him and Marasti in the same category because Ty was a top five fighter, uh, no, not, I don't think so. Again, you're welcome to your opinion. I don't see it now. In terms of enforcement, that's an entirely different story. An enforcer and a fighter are two different things. Because I always say Dave Smanko is probably the greatest enforcer of all time. That doesn't make him the greatest fighter of all time. I don't even have. I wouldn't even have Smanko in my top twenty. But in terms of enforcement, tremendous. But Domi, great enforcer. And a good fighter, like, he he won far more fights than he lost. Actually, I would think probably most, in my mind, like, how I would score fighting, I would think Domi, actually, for the most part, is kind of a, just an even fight, like, you hit me, I'll hit you, and see so with his head and stuff, and his ability to absorb punches, his style was to take a few underneath, and then come up with the looping punches, so, in terms of visual, yeah, it might look like he's getting pummeled, a few, and then he kind of comes back and does the spin thing, and then, and then they go down, um... Hey, we everyone's got styles, but, I like, again, I, I don't have a, I have a hard time saying is this elite, would you even call him an elite fighter? I wouldn't. Eh, no, I wouldn't. Now, am I saying John Morasti is better than Ty Domi? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if they actually fought, I'm picturing when Domi fought Ray all those times, I'm thinking that's what the fight would look like. Exactly. Because they'd be the same size. And they just... Yeah, I think they would fight like how Ray and Domi fought. That's how I see it. And I don't think anybody's going down. And... Uh, but then, like you talked... Well, he didn't play in the NHL. And he didn't do this. And he didn't do that. Well, just looking at Domi's... Or uh, John Morasti's fight card. And the guys he's fought. Like... Well, he never fought the guys. Domi fought like Domi fought Brown and Probert and everything else. Okay, I respect what you're saying. Absolutely. Marasty, uh, Josh Gratton, Steve McIntyre, Mike Segroy, Serge Roberge. Murasty fought Serge Roberge? Huh. I I'm gonna have to go look that fight up. I didn't know that. I didn't know that fight happened. Um. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um. As he's kind of scroll through his his LNAH stuff. Um, you know, his, his wars with Steve Bosse, eh? um, uh, Mike Varhog, uh, Joel Terrio, and all that, Sugden. Now, oh, those are LNAH guys. Those guys were goofs or whatever. Those aren't even on the same level as Baruby and those guys. Okay. Hold on. um, In terms of actual... Like, again, I'm just a fan, so I don't know. I've never fought these guys. But I'm pretty certain that Steve Bosse and Joel Terrio could punch just as hard as, like, Craig Berube and Cam Russell and Steve Smith could. I pretty well... I will go on a limb and guarantee that they can. One guy fought in the UFC. So it's like, yeah, he can hit. Couldn't skate for shit. But if you want to just plant your blades and start throwing punches... You tell me who's going to throw harder than that guy. In all reality, I'm not just trying to be, oh, I'm the LNAH booster and all this. But literally, if a guy plants his skates and just wants to throw punches in a hockey fight, who would throw harder punches than Steve Bossy Or Joel Terrio? Not not many. And Brandon Sugden, Again, like, not the Sugden through, well, Sugden through hammers too, as evidence in his, that year in Syracuse where I think he had six KOs in a row. Uh, and that's against Bonvi and McGratton and those guys. Like, Sugden was a legit dude. Um, and Bossy, and Morasti's hanging with him. So, you know, uh, and then Trevor Gillies. Yeah, Yablonski, all those fights. Dennis Bonvi, all those times. Grant McNeil. Uh Matt Carkner, Matt Cassian, John Scott, uh Kip Brennan, Mitch Fritz, Francis Lasard, Jesse Bullerice, uh Pierre Luc Leblanc, Alex Penner, Evenons. You know, uh like you throw out these names, and it's just like like those guys. that's those dude. that's some bad name those are bad dudes right there. And it's like, okay, that's the LNAH or wherever and, and like so, like, you go through, like, Alan May or, like, I don't know, just go through just going through Domi's card now. And, again, we get hung up on this NHL stuff. But it's like, you know, uh, Jim Cummins, Matt Barnaby, Van Amp, Low, Lowe, uh, Purrington, Andre Waugh, Belong- Ken Belanger, Jamie Allison, Lyle Oldline, Denny Lambert, Dingman, Dave Manson, Ronnie Stern, Shane Corson, Ray Odgers uh Todd Simpson, Smolik like Jamie Pusher, uh, you know, yeah, I mean I'm not I am not including like the brass Shears obviously, those are top guys, but like just the other names, the, Brendan Witt, um Luboutelier, Randy McKay, Rob DeMaio, Michelle Petit, uh Murray Barron, uh Nazarov, Scott Daniels, Dave Carpa, Peluso, Doug Huda, uh, you know, Grant Marshall you know, Ciccone, stuff like that. I mean, are those guys better than Steve McIntyre and Yablonsky and Trevor Gillies and Francis Lassard? I don't think so. I'm not knocking any of these people. I'm just saying, if we're going to start comparing, well, he's in the NHL. Well, yeah, okay, he's in the NHL fighting these guys. I'm not saying, I'm not going to include the the Nebrashiers and Grimsons. Those are top elite guys. But I would say Steve McIntyre... And Derek Bugard could hang with those guys. Well, don't. Well, Murasty fought those guys too. Just because it was in a different league doesn't mean the fight didn't happen. See what I'm saying? Like, does this make sense, what I'm saying? Again, I'm not saying, oh, Murasty was better than Domi, or he'd kick Domi's ass. I'm not saying that. But this idea that if Domi and Marasty fought, it wouldn't be close is ludicrous to me. Again, I'm not saying Murasty would win. But I'm like, don't say it would be some Domi beat the doors off him or something. Because first of all, what? Why would you say that? What in Morasti's past says that that would happen? Like, look at the guy. Like he's fought killers, and probably on many nights that he shouldn't have been fighting. Like when you talk about the Ellen Age, I mean, we're talking four fights and two nights and stuff like that. Like fought more than Domi did. You know. Now, again, I'm not. I'm just making points here. I'm not knocking either guy. I don't. I want to keep reiterating that. Because I don't want everybody to click off this and, oh, fuck this guy. This idiot thinks Marassi is better than Domi. I'm no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying, I guess my point of all of this is, again, um, just because you're in the minors doesn't take away your toughness compared to NHL guys. Like, I think like a lot of people have this if you're not, like I said before, right? I know I'm chewing my food twice here, but if you're not in the NHL, you're somehow not as tough as these guys. Mm. Yeah, uh, not really. There's plenty of reasons. Like you can go way back to Val James and stuff like that. You know, like you don't think Val James could have hung in the NHL? Of course he could have, you know. But just you weren't given an opportunity. It's all opportunity, right? Well, not toughness is about ninth or tenth of the reasons why they're not there. At the same time, it's interesting. I will say that there's been guys that go up and. Um, have looked great in the minors and then just didn't look, uh, in their limited showcase in the NHL, don't look very good. Um, Like, I know Serge Roberge, I mean, he fought, uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head how many people he fought, but I know his one, I believe his first NHL fight was against Baumgartner, and he just gets tooled. And it's like, all the Serge Roberge fights I've watched leading up to that, I'd never seen that happen before. And it was, you know, and same with, uh, like Jerry Fleming didn't look very good in his NHL stuff, if I remember correctly. Um, another guy, Wayne Van Dorp. Um, seriously, if you go back and watch like Van Dorp AHL footage, he was really good. Terrible. In the, no, I shouldn't say terrible, but not very good in the NHL. And it's just like, you know, so it's interesting how that happens. Now, again, now I'm making a case against exactly what I just said. Well, see, the NHL is better. Um, but, yeah, it, it, like I said, the, the elite guys in the NHL are certainly there for a reason, the toughest of the tough. But, um, you know, it's it, – uh, but as proven, like I said, Mel Engelstad hung with Probert uh, and Reed Simpson. Um, Rocky Thompson took it to Stu Grimson. I mean, you know, Annie Olawa and stuff uh, in his, in his uh, brief time up in the league. Um, so, <clears throat> um, by Lois hung with Twist – I mean it's it's um Steve McLaren, another guy he did well in his NHL stuff. There's another guy that in the minors. I mean, you don't think he hit as hard as the guys in the NHL? Come on now. You know? Um like Scott Parker has said it, like I Scott Parker fought everybody. Same thing when he said with McLaren. Um, you know, Teterenko, Steve Parsons have also talked about McLaren's power. You know, so it uh you know Uh, he he certainly could have been an NHL heavyweight. um, But obviously, you know, ability obviously comes down to it. Um, it Held him back. But uh, yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just an interesting back and forth. And I mean, we weren't yelling at each other or anything like that, but it was just it just sort of reinforced this stereotype that minor league NHL and it's just, that sort of gets frustrating to listen to sometimes. And then when you start talking about like an LNH guy, then it just goes out the window and it's like, Oh, those guys are circus freaks. And th- that's just a clown show. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could completely agree with someone calling the LNH a clown show. I'm not going arg- to, I'm not going to debate that, but, um, or argue that, but, uh, I think, um, all those guys came from like, they played in the American league and the East coast league and, uh, well boss, they didn't, but I mean, Terryo did and, like, he was an NHL third round draft pick. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of those guys, sucked in and all them came from major junior played pro came to the Quebec league. Cause it was more money and it was, you know, it's more money and, uh, you know what it comes down to it. And, um, that's why they were there. Um, now, yeah, when they performed, it was a freak show and, uh, I completely agree with you about that, but still doesn't take away the fact that those are tough fights against legit dudes, and uh, yeah, so they should just shouldn't be dismissed as um, some freak show thing. But anyway, line combinations. Yeah, it was inter- I don't have much to say about this. I just saw it was interesting reading this little old Nick Favonia, the old tape seller there. Um, he had the, they had a thread, and they were just kind of talking about the different different lines that were in camps. And, and you forget who was there, but it was just um, like in 86, 87 in Detroit, they had uh, Probert Coaster and Basil McRae, uh, 83, 84 in Detroit, which was interesting. They had, uh, jo- it was Joey Coaster's first camp, and he was with Tig- Tiger Williams and John Winsick in camp. How's that? Um, in 81, Winsick was in Philly which I didn't realize he was in Philadelphia Flyers camp. And then apparently that's the year he went to Quebec because there was some sort of waiver wire mix up. And cause again, this is all pre-internet and stuff, right? And apparently Quebec complained that they had put him in a wire first or whatever. So, and he didn't know. So he went to Philly's camp or whatever, or Philly's camp. And, uh, but yeah, John Winsick was wearing the Philadelphia Flyer logo for a, for a second. And uh, of course, ninety-one, ninety-two Red Wings had Probert and Crowder on a line briefly you forgot about that um you know and then he was just talking about the flyer. 91 92 flyers yeah imagine that for the forward line brown dave brown chris simon and dan Corrick. yeah so that was just interesting and there was a number of different things that they were talking about guys and trying out for certain teams and um and you and you forget that 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 guys were in camp like, like I completely forgot like I didn't realize somebody had a picture up um Lyndon Byers in the Hartford Whalers camp I was like, what? When did the, really? And, uh, he's fighting somebody, so he fought. I can't remember who he was fighting now, but it was in a preseason he played. So, yeah. Um, I'd love to go through the old, the, all those old, well, again. Oh, this takes me back to exactly to drop your gloves. They have all this preseason information. Wouldn't it be great to have this site? Again, guys, uh, I almost you thought I wasn't going to mention anything. I almost forgot, but of course, um, the great drop your gloves website that is gone, which is trying to be brought back by my boy, Steve over when provert was com. He is trying to, uh, he wants to build a drop your gloves web type website with the fight cards, but a whole lot more with video and everything else. Like basically Mecca for a fight fan message board, all that stuff. And, um, it's a real expensive proposition. And, um, He's trying to raise money and he's went to computer designers and stuff and website guys. And they're like, yeah, dude, all that, everything you're talking about, going to cost like 10 grand. So he started a GoFundMe and it's been going for about two months now. And it started off really well, but it's really stalled out. And there hasn't been really much happening lately. And I think he's almost about five grand. Like he's almost there halfway there. And, um, you know, and I, I, like I said, um, I, I give, I give you guys shit every week. And it and it's true. I said all these people complain about drop your gloves, but I don't see your name on the donation list. And I understand it's tough times, and not everybody can give money. That's I'm not talking to you, but if you can afford even ten bucks or twenty bucks, if you can just afford to give, you know, like I said, with like I always use as an example on that Enforcer Appreciation Group, there's like thirteen thousand members. If everybody gave a dollar, the fucking site would be up by now. You know, like what are we doing here? But yet, all these different threads, oh boy, I wish Drop Your Gloves was still around. I missed that site. This would be so much easier to look up this information. While we're trying to get the site back up, and you're not really helping. So, for those that are on social media, and if you're listening to this show, you know all about this. You've seen the link. Hey, click on it. Give 10 bucks. Come on. You know, or whatever you can. You know hey do a little fundraiser i sold probert pictures i know other people have done stuff i mean why not right i mean come on you know i know uh yuka there sold his you know some of his probert stuff and it was like you know anything to throw some money in so if every if like i said if everybody listening could give 10 bucks we'd have the freaking site back up by now and would be rocking and rolling And, you know, we could all have a place to go and yap on the message board, like a fight message board, so you didn't have to scroll through new age nerds crying about a body check and somebody else yelling about friggin' toxic masculinity and all this horse shit that you have to on social media. No, we could build a fight, like I said, a fight headquarters, man. You could look at everybody's fight card and you could see all the videos would be up. And then a message board, we could all talk about it. Like, that'd be awesome. Why would we not want that? So... If you can, let's give. Let's get this thing going. Let's, let's rejuvenate this, this, uh, drive, <coughs> pardon me, this drive to 10,000. If you are not on social media, but you're listening to this and you're like, Darren, how do I give? Email me, hockey fights, all one word, lowercase, hockey fights at hotmail. That's right. It's still a hotmail account. Hockey fights at hotmail.com. I will send you the link to do that. And, um, hey, also include any, uh, inquiries or questions that you may have feel free to email me if you have any comments about this show good bad or otherwise of little mac you want to t- if you hey if you want to email me fire it over um yeah so like i said guys let's let's give let's get this thing going um while you're on the internet um if you're on social media and you're not following me fourth line voice at twitter and that on on facebook it's typed out in you know, F-O-U-R, blah, 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 on Facebook, because I couldn't use numbers. But, uh, yeah, check that out. Check the Enforcer Appreciation uh, Facebook uh, fan group. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff goes on in there, videos and pictures and, you know, debates back and forth. Usually that's what ends up having me on here yelling about stuff. But, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. But give me a follow or send me a friends request. Also, YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube, over 2,500 fights Whatever fight, whatever league you're looking for, I got it. Um, everything's sorted. So just go to a little search thing: NHL, OHL, Quebec League, whatever you look LNAH. Um, Yeah, there's there'll be a there'll be what you're looking for there. Um, always adding new stuff, so subscribe to the channel. Uh, but yeah, and just be prepared to go down the rabbit hole checking stuff out keep you busy for hours checking that stuff out but that's uh that's my uh foot my digital footprint I guess my uh social media footprint is where that is where those are um yeah guys I really don't have uh too much more to say here on this uh uh this windy Friday man blowing air. but um uh yeah I guess I'll just sort of end on this um you know, through and I'm not talking to the trolls and the little Macs. You can click off now, little Mac. We're not talking about you anymore. Um, in terms of like, uh, I, I laugh and I, and I'll tweet about it and stuff like that. But um, when you, I guess the big uh, the put down is if you're you're going to knock my show or whatever, and I don't care that people don't like my show or they listen in and oh you you sound like an idiot or. I don't like your show or your show stupid or whatever. That's fine. I, I really don't care. I've received those messages. Um, unfortunately or happily, I guess I, I get a lot more positive than negative, but I do get negative and that, you know, whatever, that's fine. That's part of putting yourself out in, into the public like this. Um, is I guess you have to be prepared to, um, take the arrows, I guess, slings and arrows that come with it. um, now again, I'm not saying tens of thousands are listening and or anything like that, but I mean, you know, you get a few listens here and there, and yeah, you get uh, you get the messages sent to you and now and again that you, you know you most of the time, like I said, it's little online trolls thinking they're getting to you or whatever, and like I always say, the joke's on them. Like I said, you you downloaded my shit and listened to me, and that's how I get paid is by the download. So you 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 got me paid in the meantime of yelling how much I suck. So sort of kind of the jokes on you, I guess. But, uh, in all seriousness though, like I said, you can knock my show and say I suck or I'm clueless or whatever. That's fine. Um, that doesn't bother me. Uh, when it does bother me though, is, uh, when, when you start knocking my show with the guests and, um, it came up a couple times recently and, uh, I'm not going to say what shows they were, but, um, I, I, I don't know like to me that's just that's that's just really Bush like I said if you want to yell at me go ahead because I've put myself in this position where I state my opinion or what have you and it's you know I guess that doesn't line up with yours um you can argue with me about it whatever but to the guys that I have on my show whether they be ex players or recently I or the last episode with Trent, the guy that built the replica Boston garden tabletop hockey game in his in his in his uh, attic. And, uh, I'm so looking forward to going to Edmonton and seeing that, but, um, Trent was a great guy and he was lots of fun to talk with and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Or I've had other guys on, I've had Nick on, I've had, um, you know, uh, Jared out in Iowa. I've had, um, Alec from the five for fighting show on, you know, Steve from when Probert was King, um, Dave from the history of hockey fights, etc. Um, you know, non players and, you know, and then, um, so when you knock them, that's really disappointing to me because they didn't ask for that. They came on this show as a favor to me. They Like, they don't get, like, even the players, they don't get anything about, they don't get anything for coming on this show. I don't pay people. I don't, you know, there's nothing. I, I wish I could even, hell, I wish I had enough. I wish I had t-shirts just to give them or, some, or even a hell of a bumper sticker. I, you know, I don't have anything to give to these guys. You know, I might send the I've sent the odd guy a fight DVD, or if I can send them something, I would. But they've never asked for anything. They're doing this to help me out. And they're my friends, and that's why they're doing it. Same thing with the players. What what does a player get out of talking to me for an hour, or two hours? Really? Nothing. They're not selling anything, they're not getting anything out of it. They're just doing it because they're helping a fan out. And and they're sharing their story for their fans that are listening. Now, I know a lot of the guys I talk to can't believe anybody would want to listen. And they're just, I always laugh when I ask them. Uh, they're like, why would you ask me? And I'm like, well, I'm a fan of yours. That's why I'm asking. And other people are fans. And they still, they can't really, they're like, seriously? And they can't really get it. But, or they're, they're, but then they see the reaction to their episode. And they're like, holy shit, you know. And I've gotten private messages from a lot of guys saying, oh, it's been great. Or I've reconnected with this person or that person because of your show. And that's awesome. That was the whole point of this show. Anyway, it's to share their experiences. But to get back to it, they don't, like I said, they don't come on the show. They're coming on the show to help me. So they don't deserve this bullshit from some fucking idiot that has to run his fucking lips about, oh, they they sound stupid. That show sucked, or what was the point of that? Like, I saw you, dinkus. I saw your comments. The problem is the person that was on the show with me would see those comments, because you attach them as well. Why? What did they do to you? Now they're going to say, oh don't worry, I don't care, don't worry about it, I just laughed it off or whatever. But who wants to see that? Like if I was a guest on a show, like take podcasting me completely out of it and I'm just, I'm Darren on Twitter. And say the Morning Skate guys or Dan and Paul and Kelly or whoever, they have me on their show. And we talk hockey, whatever. And it was all great, had fun. But then I start getting messages. I heard John. on all, but you're a you're an idiot. Okay, you know. I guess you know whatever. And it's not like these people are saying real controversial shit. You know, like they're just hockey fans talking about hockey things, and they're adults. And like no one's like I'm not going to have idiots on my show that yell and scream at the clouds and and exaggerate and do and say stupid shit. I'm not going to do that. I don't, I have no time for those idiot fans. No, I have reasonable adults on and we're talking about adult things and we have opinion back and forth about things. Now that's their opinion. You don't have to sit there and call them morons and idiots and send them emails and spam them up because somehow they knocked your favorite team like you're a fucking loser. Like I said, if you want to send your hate mail to me, feel free. Or my show sucks. Or hey, everyone, don't listen to the fourth line voice; he's a moron. Oh, whatever. I asked for this. I well, I didn't. No one asked for that, but I put myself in that out into the public for that, or not to take those slings and arrows. But I guess when you put yourself out like that nowadays on social media, this is the back this is the backlash you will receive. So anyway, I don't know. Oh, the phone's ringing. It's time to go, I gotta go pick up my car from the garage But I just wanted to throw that out there Um, like I said I can handle, you can yell and scream And call my show shit, whatever Um, I just don't appreciate it when you The guests that come on the show Do it to help me As a favor to me, as my friends What have you They don't deserve your bullshit So just Fuck off, really Like I said address me if you want to yell about the show. Leave my guests alone. Cuz they didn't ask for this. They don't have their own shows. They're they're just they're just hanging out on Twitter, they're hanging out on social media as hockey fans or fight fans or they're an ex-player or whatever. They don't need your bullshit in their life. So just shut up. Hey, if you're on Twitter and you want to yell about how shitty my show is, as the kids say, my DMs, my direct messages are open. Hey, drop me a line. Just say you're a piece of shit and your show sucks and I hate you and whatever else you want to send. Okay, fine. Or email me, whatever. Leave the guests out of it. I'd appreciate that. You know, you can beat up on me. I don't really care. But those those guys didn't, they don't deserve that shit. And that really pissed me off when I read that the other day. And I've read it, it's happened a couple times, but just recently in this, brought, I've mentioned this before, but I'm bringing it up again because I saw this because... They don't need that shit in their life. Like I said, and now they're thinking, and that's the thing. And then if it's a player who I had to basically, and there's been some guys I basically had to talk into doing the episode. They're doing this as a favor to me and to the fans that want to listen to it. And then they're happy about the results and everything's doing great. And I'm on, I'm showing them on chart. oh, look, you're 40th in Canada. And oh, really? Wow, B list. And they're feeling really great about it. And then all of a sudden, there's the Facebook message with them included in it so they can read it. That interview was fucking brutal. Oh, okay. So, why, so now he's sitting there, the player's sitting there thinking, well, why did I even, like, really? I don't need this shit in my life. Why, you know? I wasn't. I wasn't getting these messages before the show. Now I do the show, and now I got people calling me an idiot or whatever. Like you know, see what I'm saying? It's just this is how you get the same. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why you have guys that won't do podcasts. Believe me, I've asked. Uh, I'd say probably I've probably been rejected 25, 30 times by guys who would be awesome interviews to get stories from, but they won't do podcasts for this very reason. Well, one, they're not really big and they're nervous or whatever. But a lot of it, they see this horse shit. So why would they do that? Why would they subject themselves to that when they don't need to? When it's not in their life now, why would I add that to my life? It's like when I was going back earlier to what I said about trolls. Why do you block people? Well, I wonder why I block people. Why do I want shit in my life? You know? So, like I said, if you're going to send me the message and shit on me then. You know? But leave the guests out of it. Anyway, that's my PSA for the day. But hey, wrapped up. There we go. Another weekend. I hope everybody has a great weekend. If you're listening to this on Monday, let's attack the week. I know it's another Monday. But uh, um, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you very much. I I appreciate everybody. Honestly, and I know I yell and rant and rave and whatever. But for everybody that takes the time to download the episodes and listen and and everything, I, I... can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and thank you for all the support over these last year and a half of uh, the, not only the account but the show and everything. and And I see you guys out there. Oh, people ask, "What podcast should I listen?" Oh, Fourth Line Voice, and you know, and then you get messages like from uh, Sean Pete and guys like that, and uh, Terry Ryan. Thanks, Terry, for the shout out on your show. That you know they you know they they pump up the Fourth Line Voice. I can always say it, it's great. I, I love all the when you get feedback and and people are loving the show. That's great. And and it's awesome. But when you when you get it from an ex-player, the feedback and and they kind of, it, you, I know I'm on the right track when I got the players agreeing with me. So, um, but no, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys, every one of you, for tuning in, and thank you very much. And uh, let's wrap it up. Let's attack the week, and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.